Hey everyone, welcome to Self Love Lounge. I'm your host, Arena Antoine, and we're talking about all things everything in the light of you and I unlocking our history and embracing our chemistry together. This is the place for all empowered women, all levels, to empower others. Looking forward and getting into another episode with you guys. All right, what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. So welcome back to Self Love Lounge. I'm here with Gigi Gill, and please introduce yourself. Thank you. Hi, my name is Gigi. I am 25 years old. I like to consider myself an aspiring actress. I want to be a YouTuber um, with a background in psychology and public relations. So just kind of a mixing pot of different things. Cool. Yeah, that's so cool because I know a lot of people in the acting industry. I myself was in the acting industry for about a year or so. And I remember you telling me a little bit about how you were born in India, also moved to Vancouver when you were quite young, or was it still in high school? Yeah, so my mother and I immigrated to Vancouver um, just after my fifth birthday. Mm -hmm. My dad was already living here at the time. So it was just all brand new to me. I was so excited. I didn't really have, you know, much to hold on to back in India because I was only five. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have too much that I even remember from that time. But yeah, we moved back here. And as excited as I was, I quickly realized that my commitment wasn't really met with the acceptance that I had expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even just from other cultures, but like surprisingly from my own culture, it was yeah. almost taboo, not taboo. Uh, it was almost kind of a bad thing to be from India. Right. Because like what what were some of the struggles coming from being born in India and also immigrating to Vancouver? Because I know for me, when I moved here, I was quite young. I was five years old, but I remember just feeling so like different compared to everybody, you know, everybody looked differently. They ate different foods. The clothes that you wore were different. And also I totally agree when it comes to our culture, because within our own community, because there's already like stigmas around going with the Western culture and being too whitewash or to you know fob or like you know these racist terms that people like unfortunately will categorize ourselves to at the time it was kind of I don't think I really processed fully what was going on it was more just like okay well let me just change myself but looking back on it you know definitely it was hard and I think a lot of the times we experience things in the moment and then we don't realize till we're older how it impacted us so yeah you know I came from this other country uh, with parents who didn't really speak English and luckily you know I had gone to an English speaking school in India so the language barrier wasn't hard for me even though I was young but yeah coming there people commented on the clothes I wear the how my hair was you know my mom would always do these little I don't know if you because I don't you're not Punjabi right you are yeah but yeah. I definitely uh, <laughs> resonate with a lot of what I know exactly what you're gonna say but yeah so, like okay. Gonna lay like the U-shaped pigtails and like mm-hmm. oh, the mom would always do like these really I guess Indian South Asian hairstyles on me, so it's it yeah. very like different, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess I started to rebel from that, and mm-hmm. I didn't want that. I would get mad at my mom. I was like, I don't want to do that. Stop like doing this to me. Stop dressing me like this. Yeah, and I think it was also like the stigma. Oh, you're from India. You're dirty. Even though that's mm-hmm. not true at all. Yeah. And and then I think you, I just started to like be very self-conscious about those things over time. And I kind of just let it get to me and change myself completely, which I very much regret. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I, I definitely 
know exactly when you're saying like, you know, like putting oil in your hair or, yeah. which is actually so good for your hair, by the way. Like, I know, I started doing that grow, now. <laughs> you know, like if you want your hair to grow, you should put yeah. oil in your hair, braid it overnight and then yeah. wash it and just thank okay. us later. <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I was like, don't put oil in my hair. And now like, for the last month, I've been begging my mom. I'm like, can you put oil in yeah like it's so good for you but I totally get it like especially when we're so young like people or like younger people because we're we're in high school or elementary or whatever but people are making fun of like oh like you're Indian like without even knowing like what is India or like what is Hinduism or like what is Punjabi and like all of these things they're just quick to use the stereotype and be like oh well you're brown have you ever been treated poorly or made fun of because of your ethnic background beliefs or like race oh yeah um 100 i think almost everyone has right yeah. well so we moved to vancouver originally mm-hmm. and i grew up in a primarily south asian neighborhood but like i said i was often made fun of for being from india and i felt a lot of guilt and shame from that so because of the way that that made me feel i really pushed myself far away as far away from that culture and that heritage as possible and I began to whitewash myself and then my family uprooted us from Vancouver to Surrey in my second week of eighth grade ironically we moved to a more you know white neighborhood yeah and I was so I just remember being so terrified of moving to this like after having faced so much discrimination from my own peers, like my own culture, South Asian community in Vancouver. I was terrified to come to Surrey in like this white neighborhood to be judged and to be actually seen seen as different. I had never experienced that being a minority, I guess, in a sense, because I had always been around um, neighborhoods that were primarily South Asian. So I never had that feeling of really looking different from everybody else so yeah I remember being terrified I made my mom that was the first time I got my eyebrows done I was like mom I need to get my eyebrows done because we're gonna move there and they're gonna make fun of me for having these eyebrows and I begged her and I begged her so hard and she let me do it I moved here and then I felt discrimination but in a different way so for my own community it was more of a like oh you're from India you're not you're pretty much you know like you said like a fob Mm -hmm. and when I come here, I remember people would be like, oh, you're Indian? Like, do you like curry? Or you like, do you smell like onion? And all of these like random questions. And it's not intentionally racism. What's that word? It's slipping my mind now. Can I can't remember. I can't remember. Well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah, it would be like these subtle hints of racism. Yeah. On the outside, they were very like seemingly accepting. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that just added on to me being like, oh, like they will accept me if I take these parts of myself away. And I remember I became close with this group of girls. Yeah. And I'm no shade or anything because they're still my friends and I have much love for them. And of course, they were young and still learning and mm-hmm. I know that they're more educated now. Yeah. But I remember them, would, they would make, so my real name is Corinder. Mm-hmm. and they would be like oh yeah when I think of Grinder, I don't even think of a brown person anymore I think of you and I remember just like I think you covered something like this in a, another episode yeah um but I just remember feeling like such a victory when they would say that I'd be like oh wow like yes I have this Indian name but you don't even think of me as being Indian when you say that and I just felt so like accomplished like yes this is my goal to fit in yeah now looking back I'm like why did you want that so bad mm-hmm. uh, you know you should want to be different and you should be proud of your culture yeah back then like culture like people 
at least in school, like we weren't really taught like the depth of what culture means because for us, like culture is like very westernized. So, you know, we're celebrating like Catholic things or Christianity, like that's more appropriate than saying like I'm Hindu or any, any religion that anybody is but if it's not christianity if it's not like catholic um it's it's really just not accepted because that's what's normalized in the western culture it's it's unfortunate for us i guess i wish that when we were younger um i mean i'm not like there are now slowly becoming more um, events and things like yeah. that for different cultures and their religions and holidays. But when we were younger, there wasn't really much. Like there was Vasaki and that was really the big one I remember right, my yeah. family going to. Yeah. And even then, I didn't really understand the significance of it. Too, so yeah. like, oh yeah, Vasaki, like I'm going to see my friends. <laughs> I'm gonna eat yeah, food. Free food. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, and I think we kind of briefly talked about this wishing we had a role model like us mm-hmm. um, yeah if we're talking about role models because I know when I was growing up I say this all the time but it was literally a crushing moment where I realized Miley Cyrus was white yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I was white and like I remember in grade two I was just like so sad because I was like so in love with Hannah Montana like it was an obsession I wanted I literally dressed up as her for Halloween but I couldn't tell people that I was Hannah Montana because I was brown so I'd be like oh I just dressed up as a pop star but really it was oh that's so sad I know so I just like for me like or for anybody actually Mm -hmm. that was like colored like Mm -hmm. there wasn't much options where we could like resonate with another role model that looked like us or that was you know not white honestly so like you said about you, know, you dressed up as a pop star um I remember just so many years I wanted to go as like Marilyn Monroe or something like that and I'm like well I can't really go as her because I'm not white and I won't really look like her and it's just kind of it's sad because I feel like cultural icons in a sense that feel like oh we need to look exactly like them to portray them in a Halloween costume yeah exactly because Halloween was always a struggle because there wasn't a lot of characters that we could just dress up as compared to now I feel like there's so much more diversity but there's still a long way to go Um, what were some of your role models growing up and who are they now to be honest when I was younger I can't really think of a solid role model that I had and that I mean I obviously I I was a fan of like Miley Cyrus and Selena Gomez and all that stuff sorry so obviously I was a fan of all of you know the Disney Channel kids and I like Britney Spears and all of that, but I never really, like, I wanted to be them in the sense that I wanted, you know, to be a pop star. I wanted to be on TV. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be them as a person. I wanted to be myself on TV. Yeah. So in that sense, I can't really say that I had a specific role model. Yeah. But now that I'm older, I would, it's kind of cliche. In a sense, my role models are my parents. Because mm-hmm. when I think about just like the simple things, like as I'm getting older, I'm like getting ready to purchase a home. And as much of a struggle as that can be, I think to myself, wow, I'm so fortunate to live at home and have this money that I can put toward a down payment. I cannot imagine how difficult it was for my parents moving here with nothing, not knowing the language, working all the time, taking care of kids, and then still being able to finally buy a home and raise us. And as I get older and I start doing adult things, I really appreciate and understand their struggles. I'm very thankful and I do aspire to be as dedicated and hardworking as them, even though I I don't think I could ever be. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I do hope to, to carry that mindset with me. And, you know, if I ever have kids pass it down. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Because I think a lot of people who immigrate in Canada, especially like parents that immigrate in Canada, like they're probably like any immigrants that I ever meet. I'm I myself immigrated here when I was five years old. Yeah. But I think any immigrated you know, parents are the most hardworking people I know because they come here from like zero, even if they had like the world in their country, they come here for, you know, whether it's for the kids, you know, education, personally, for me, it was for education, but and sometimes, you know, when you actually sit down and talk to whether it's your parents or just other immigrants, and you, you, I, at least I, I don't want to generalize, I never really comprehended like the depth of racism that they faced, because sure, I faced a little bit growing up. But that was like 20 years ago, 25 years ago that they came here. And just sometimes I hear these stories, and I'm like, wow, that really happened to you that awful. And I'm just like, I didn't even know that as a kid, right? Like you guys were going through this while I was going through my own struggles, which now just seem so (laughs) silly. Yeah. When I realized how much you guys went through. Exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of us like will reflect on our parents. Well, definitely now we're more self-aware of like what our parents went through, their own journey of moving here, not knowing much about, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. And we're just kind of learning and we're kind of still learning. So I think opening that conversation about immigrants because a lot of them a lot of people will talk about immigrants as like this horrible thing like it's like you guys don't belong here but it's like we're helping your economy like you know and we have a Canadian passport so technically we're Canadian and it's kind of cool that we have oh like more culture more background more stories and we speak other languages which is awesome and it helps us it benefits us to be honest the language thing I never really thought about it as being something cool or like something unique because I've always just you know spoken Punjabi and always spoken English right and um, uh, when I started dating my boyfriend, he's he, so we're I'm in an interracial relationship. So he only speaks English. Okay. And the first time that he heard me speak to my parents, yeah, he just looked at me and he had just this face like of like astonishment. And I was like, what? He's like, that is so cool. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, the fact that you just like spoke another language, like right. you, you go back and forth and speak these languages and you understand it. I'm like, what do you mean? Like that's just <laughs> what do you mean? That's just how I grew up. And like most people that I know speak at least two languages, mm-hmm. right? And like he was just so astonished. And it wasn't until then that I realized, wow, you know, that is actually pretty cool that yeah. I can speak two languages. Because I always thought younger, oh, I need to speak French, I need to speak Spanish, I need another language. And I'm like, right. oh, another language. So dating somebody who accepts you for who yeah. you are and your culture and your and isn't like threatened or even like uncomfortable by that idea and somebody who's willing to learn is important yeah and it's interesting that you say that because as I'm reflecting on it right now I'm just having a realization I'm like you know I wasn't really fully comfortable with myself and my culture until you know he kept praising it I met him when I was 19 um we started dating when I was 21 Okay. And that was just like, I was, I was starting to accept myself at that time. Mm-hmm. I was still kind of like, yeah, like I'm sick and I'm more accepted, like more open to speaking Punjabi in public and stuff like that. But then when I started dating him and my family and stuff, and he really was like, wow, your culture is so cool. And he just really hyped it up. Yeah. I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, it is <laughs> cool. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> You're absolutely right. And yeah. um, like you said, it's about having that person that really accepts you yeah so important whether they're from your culture or not yeah I think that's 
something that's really important. I was like so private in terms of my religion Mm -hmm. and for so long, like the longest time, like in high school, nobody even had a clue. And I would always cling on to my dad being Christian. And I'd just say that I wouldn't really say Hindu or if I did, it was really brushed off because I didn't want to like, I guess like people were making me feel embarrassed by it. You know, there was so much stigma being Indian and Mm -hmm. all these things. So I never really talked about it to the depth of it. But I think like once I went to university and also I started to meet other people that were like me and they were so open about their religion Mm -hmm. so open about it and there was like a sense of beauty with it you know like only religion and not feeling ashamed of, of it to be honest and just embracing it it's actually like beautiful when you celebrate like Diwali like personally I celebrate it yeah. and like you put like pretty outfits like weddings are the best <laughs> times ever like it's the best times <laughs> oh my gosh you know that's so true because I was the same way you know I was never really one I wasn't as educated on it and two mm-hmm. I was embarrassed Mm-hmm. now I'm just like nope this is my culture this is who like who I am get it right yeah <laughs> be like oh are you sick and I'm like no it's sick I just get so frustrated I'm like it's sick it's sick <laughs> yeah um yeah so yeah exactly and also like you're we're spending so much money on like Indian outfits like mm-hmm. I I'd be crazy not to like brag about it, you know, like yeah, and they're so nice. On this. <laughs> yeah, no, they're so nice. And you're like, I wish I could wear this more, but it's just so yeah. heavy. <laughs> and you're just I, like, I wish I could have wore um, an Indian outfit on my grad day. But obviously, I was so hidden from like the whole thing, but it would have been way more pretty than the regular dress that I got. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, that would have been nice. But you can definitely pass that down to like anyone that asks you for advice in that way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I think I even thought like I would see people for grad day, at least I would see people wear like Indian things. And I remember as a teen, I'd be like, Oh, my God, like, I could never like, yeah, like that's too much. That's too Indian. Like in my mind, like in my headspace, it'd be like, Oh, my God, that's too Indian. But like now, like, I'm like, Oh, my God, I wish I had done that. Do you know any outfits I could have worn that day? Like, like I remember I even spent so much on my grad dress and had it adjusted and everything and I'm like I forgot such a nice like Lenga or something yeah like for the same price yeah I'm like oh my gosh and like I don't even wear my grad dress now it yeah me neither was it and I'm like if I had something that really nice that was from my culture I could definitely wear it to yeah. parties and things like that yeah and also like for anyone that's that's going into high school or is in high school like grad shouldn't be this like moment where you're waiting for it because for me personally it like I would always like wish for grad like since I was in kindergarten you know it's like a big moment but like when it happened like it wasn't as exciting as like I hyped it up to be yeah because you're also yeah you're also going through like changes and you're changing as a woman and it's just like this facade like it's not as like crazy as it is I don't know how to explain it but it's just I get it it. exciting it it was fun I had a good time but do I like think about it and it was a big part of my life no it was a moment that passed and it was I enjoyed it and felt like I looked back, wow, like that was just such a great day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it was a really small part of your, like it's going to be a yeah. small part of your life. There's going to be other milestone that will mm-hmm. overshadow that That's small fun. little injury. It's like, you know, when you're younger, all you can think about is getting older and doing all these yeah. things. 
And then when you're older, you're like, I wish I did this different. Yeah, yeah. I wish I was on the monkey bars right now. <laughs> yeah, literally. And you don't yeah. realize how you, you know, grow up all the things that. Yeah. Um. So I kind of want to touch on a little bit about acting. Like, what was your acting experience like as, you know, a brown woman? Yeah. So I think you kind of said something earlier about being too brown with the um Indian attire and I can really translate that into acting as well because I have definitely struggled with the idea of being too brown and not being brown enough for a certain role yeah and I think you also covered this in a different episode it was Mm -hmm. you were talking about how you go to an audition and you know you see one brown dad and 10 white dads and you're like okay well chances of me getting this role with this one brown dad are very very slim um because they're obviously there's only one role to fill whereas for the white people they have all of these other roles to fill yeah so in that sense it's definitely hard i would say it's highly competitive because especially now there's so many more ethnic people that are in the industry yeah there's there's not more roles Um, and there's not a lot of representation for indian women Mm-mm. Um, it's interesting because I had this really good conversation with a friend of mine. He's also an actor. His name is Michael Prasad, and he brought up a really good point about how ethnic people or colored people in the industry uh, they have to be so on guard all the time mm-hmm. because you're not only representing yourself; you're representing your entire community. Yeah, and anything that you do is reflected back on them. Right, and yeah. whereas you know Caucasian people, they have that privilege of they get to be themselves and represent themselves. If they mess up, that's not reflected on their entire mm-hmm. culture. And in that way, it's just kind of like, well, I, I want to do the roles that, you know, make me happy. Or if there's a role that you want to get, maybe it's kind of like promiscuous or something. You're like, well, I don't want that to reflect on my culture or anything like that. But you're like, I also want to do the role because part of like, a, it's a stepping stone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, we don't have that same luxury of like being free to do yeah. any role either. Yes, our roles are limited, but also we have like a lot of guilt and pressure attached to the roles that we do do. Yeah. I hope that changes. I hope that there are more roles. I think like there are in terms of, for me, from my perspective, at least there's there it's opening for african-americans for sure yeah yeah but if i can speak on like indian people Mm -hmm. probably not just because i don't know why but i think that it's just that part i need to see more because i know that there was one tv show that came out never have i ever i think yes i actually really that was the mindy kaling show right yes yeah i really liked it yeah, I love that because it was like the first, I wish it came out when I was still in high school and stuff because that would help so much. It would normalize culture. It would normalize brown people. Like I really enjoyed like everything of it, but also I really enjoyed this part of it is that the brown girl gets the guy. Yes. It gets yes. more than one guy, you know? <laughs> I know, it's up to her. Um, it's so great. And I really like how it just really normalized her as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, social culture and her heritage, which is, yes, it's a part of her life. It just normalizes it. Yeah. And I mean, it's only been one season, but I like that she is learning to appreciate her culture because in the beginning, I think yeah. you and I relate to it. She's like, oh, like that's, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to that party. Like it's so Indian. And yeah. as she's toward the end of the season, she's kind of like beginning to like that and mm-hmm. accept that. And I'm like, yes, you <laughs> Yeah, there's just so many parts of it that I was like, oh my God, relatable. Or like, you know, it was just so good. But also just the fact that the Indian girl gets the guy. Mm-hmm. 
white yes, unheard of TV show. It's it's literally amazing. It's great. <laughs> Are you still in the industry? Because you said yeah, I I think I I definitely didn't. There's just so much for me that I would like to change that it just ended up not being something that I wanted to be a part of. Yeah. Um. But I am so grateful that I learned to be better at public speaking, be better with rejection. You know, and like I yeah, learned a lot of rejection. Exactly, and it was also therapeutic to go yeah. into an audition room, but also just go to an acting class. Yeah. But for me personally, it just, I I don't know, I kind of went through a different direction. I was more into podcasting and like more into advocacy and like That's things great. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their own path and their own passions. Yeah. Like I understand what you're saying. There's so many things that you don't like to, about it. Mm-hmm. But like I, ho- I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a pipe dream. But mm-hmm. like, I really hope that maybe one day I, I can change that, or, yeah. or I can be a part of the next wave. Or- yeah, definitely. Like in the acting industry, one thing that I will say about auditions, okay. I don't think I get nervous. I'm just more like I don't enjoy silence. Like the way that I walk into an audition room and every other woman is just completely silence. There's this tension in the room. I'm the type of person that will probably be like, hey, what's up? Like, um, I'm Marina. Like, are you auditioning for this role? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm very engaging. But also when you walk into an audition room and you're putting your soul and heart into a performance Mm -hmm. and the director... Okay, thanks. It was like, yeah, okay, thanks. Or they'll be like, sorry. Or they'll be like, oh, sorry, I wasn't watching. Can you do that again? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. And and you're just like, "Uh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, no worries. I guess this was a practice run. Great. Like, that's actually a blessing, to be honest, now that I look back at it. It's like, okay, good. I can redo this better. But. Yeah, like people are like very cutthroat. And I guess it's like a very stressful job for sure. Because like, it's a pretty stressful job for the director to find the one for this movie. Because if it doesn't go right, like it's it's going to be on that person. But I think like it's, it's like one of the most there's so much tension. Like if you're going into an audition room, just keep in mind that there's going to be a lot of tension and a lot of just it's very competitive for sure. And it's like you want to be nice to the people beside you. But you're like, no, like you're also my competition. But Mm -hmm. I don't want to be mean. I I was sure good life yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny that you say that you're that talkative person because I when I go into an audition room I'm just like in my head and mm-hmm. I'm just, like I'm like trying to build up the emotion and I'm like nobody's talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's like so many different other like yeah. types like, you know and if somebody does talk to me and, I'm, and then I'm also that person I'm not going to be rude <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm just like yeah hey how's it going <laughs> and then I just completely lose it and I'm like oh, why did you just did you should have just been like I just need to like get in my head yeah yeah, yeah. I, I totally feel personally I really enjoyed um, commercials like I loved commercials yeah. it was just like a quick thing you know you just yeah. go in super easy and then you're out but I also think commercials is very about how you look oh, and not exactly how yeah, your acting skills. Like if you're pretty, you're gonna get it. Um, and if there's ten white dads again, and there's one black dad, you're not gonna get it. Exactly. Yeah. Those are interesting because you don't do any preparation for them really. Mm-hmm. And I remember when, like, when you first start out, you get a lot of commercial auditions, mm-hmm. and I get so nervous because I'm like, oh my god, like, I need to be perfect. Yeah. And now I go to the commercials, and I'm like, yeah, like let me talk to everybody. <laughs> so I'm just like, nothing to prepare. 
and I go in the room I'm like yeah, I'm not gonna get this and like I just go into the, the room mindset like not gonna get this like let's just have fun with it and it's just so it's just more of a fun experience now I'm like yeah I get to go into this get to do a little bit of improv and then I get to go home yeah and it's just like so much of a lighter experience and I feel like being that way has also helped me talk to casting more naturally yeah so like you need to go into the audition room and just not even worry about booking the role or not mm-hmm. booking the role. you just yeah. do your thing have fun with it and then let it go and I've been trying to implement that the last well before COVID and it's been really helpful and a lot of like less stress yeah so if you ever did decide to go back yeah I would recommend that yeah I mean I think it'll always be a part of me like it's, I've always been in the arts like I love dancing like I was a competitive dancer for so long I started dancing when I was in grade Grade three with grade six people like I was weird girl that would just be like in a position where you know she was going to be judged she was going to be different but I didn't care like I was just having the time of my life dancing or I was in the acting industry for a bit I did was blessed to be in like a movie that was a dance movie around the world and it, it was like a, this French dance movie which I didn't even know what I was doing there I was just kind of asked to be on it and I was like yeah sure no worries but I learned to become comfortable with opportunities like if you want to do something go for it because then you're just going to regret that you didn't end up doing it you know that's um, an interesting point like that you talk about dance and not regretting because when I was younger my mom put me in thunder classes Mm-hmm. I just like hated it I was like I don't want to do this and now I'm yeah. like, I wish I stuck with it yeah and then same with just being comfortable that's a reason why during quarantine I because I couldn't do any acting because you know right so I was like hey well what can I do and there's some things about myself that I wanted to work on for the audition process and mm-hmm. being on camera and things like that. So I started a YouTube channel and yeah. I'm like, I need to get more comfortable on camera because I feel like sometimes I go into the room and I do my thing, but I'm just so, ro- not during the performance, but like I can be so robotic after because like I'm just so nervous and mm-hmm. so in the head about the performance. I just like talk and like quick to like get yeah. down conversations, even if like casting sometimes is talking to me. No, if you need to work on that, you need to be friendlier on camera. Yeah. Maybe just comfortable. Like don't be scared when there's a camera in your face and I think like these last couple months I've slowly been trying to improve on that Mm -hmm. so like now once I can start auditioning again soon Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah like let me kill it let me be comfortable I think one of the best advice that I ever got in acting was where do you store your emotions you know like if you're angry is it coming from like your stomach where you're just feeling so tight and you're just ready to release that I think acting is all about self-awareness of where you're going to store it in your body which is so weird because you kind of reflect on it and you're like what the heck but then when you're doing a scene and you're doing like an angry scene where your boyfriend cheated on you with your best friend or something typical scene but (laughs) you're kind of storing this like emotion into your for me it's personally like where I like tight my like stomach and it's just like literally super tight where I'm just like releasing it but it's really like acting is like harder than it actually looks you can't fake something you gotta just really like feel it I um I went to theater school for two years yeah and yeah like they really teach you all that and to like connect and I just remember like after a two-hour class I was just so exhausted because mm-hmm. it bring out everything in you and yeah. I, like, people are like oh isn't that easy like theater school I'm like no mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm yeah insane. like I absolutely um but I do like like you said like I, about acting classes I do think everyone should take a theater class or something mm-hmm. like that because it yeah. just helps you learn so much about you why yeah. you do things or what emotions you feel and why you feel them yeah I remember I took like an acting course and 
it was in Vancouver and it was with Mark Anthony. He's okay, yeah. And I remember I was like, I think 13 or something, and I was doing a scene, and it was literally like the weirdest scene. It was like a cowboy scene, and I didn't even understand what I was saying, but it was all about the emotion. He was teaching us about the emotions, and we tied that with a breakup, of course. And while we were saying a bunch of bullshit about like, you know, about cowboys or whatever, the scene was about being broken up with by a boy and meeting the the new girlfriend of your ex-boyfriend. And the emotion that was there was like insane. It was like acting within emotions and not exactly the words that were coming out. Because when people are viewing this movie, they're feeling all the emotions of what's happening. And of course, like visually what's happening, but really it's like what a movie is making them feel. Exactly. Yeah, that's so true. Like, um, a lot of the times, you know, they say don't even focus on the line, just really feel it and let it come to you. Mm-hmm. Then there's like, I'm like, well, you know, I just want to It's so hard. It's really hard. Like, do I want to feel that today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be like the countdown to get into whatever emotional state you need to be in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think of like my favorite actress. And I don't know if you watch this TV show, but One Tree Hill. Oh, t- Done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I my favorite actress from like every single line that she's ever said or ever done and like would have to be Brooke Davis oh yeah like I'm so in love with how like her character development like she became like like you know all about boys to all about women you know like and like I feel like I just resonate with that and it's like I was captivated by her character mm-hmm. and then I was ca- captivated by who she was outside of that character and as Sophia Bush essentially oh, yeah I love seeing our characters grow like that I loved Brooke too like I remember being younger and I'm like I want a red door like she has. yeah me too <laughs> that's so funny yeah I loved I loved Brooke I loved every single scene that she had with Lucas like it was so like, like sad but it was like oh my goodness like yeah. I want to be an actress like that yeah, exactly and you could say one person but I'm like there's not I don't know I like to generalize this I'm like well I don't like the way they do this maybe yeah or that and I'm like it's just about always finding for me it's always about finding new people and learning from them and mm-hmm. taking a little bit of everything yeah, yeah and just like seeing how I can improve my own craft yeah because I always say this but everything that you experience in life is a little breadcrumb to like a bigger thing oh, yeah. you know so like if you started acting well that's going to be a little sprinkle to maybe like being a public speaker because you're also into you're also in university so you know like there's always like little breadcrumbs to a bigger bread or a bigger cake or whatever now to kind of wrap this episode if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice what would it be yeah I think if I could go back and tell my younger self some, sorry give my younger self one piece of advice mm-hmm. it would be to accept who you are and don't feel guilt and don't feel shame or one being Indian being from India and all that comes with that and two don't be scared to be who you are like um in terms of your personality things you like just do what makes you happy and don't let other people's opinions get in the way of that and I know like it's so hard to tell that to a teenager yeah. <laughs> I could just give my younger self a little squeeze and a big yeah. I'd be like you're great just the way you are yeah <laughs> that's a really good advice actually like it's it's really simple but it's actually harder yeah. it's easy to hear it but it's harder to apply it into your life so yeah. for anyone listening we're can we find you on social media and do you have any current projects that you're currently working on yeah so you can find me on youtube it's gg gill instagram ggxgill and no current project probably but hopefully soon so 
stay tuned. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories. And now to all the listeners, I'm just curious, what's your story? 